Welcome to the Place Brand Leaders podcast and to this brand new episode on Auckland in New Zealand and its city branding success story. This is a very special episode for me because I get to talk about um, or introduce you to a city which I like very much. We visited Auckland over the weekends and quite a lot during my time in New Zealand when I did my doctoral um, studies there. And I can say that it is a really cool city in terms of the variety of things you can do there. So you have um, really great nature, the oceans, mountains, you have forests. And at the same time, you have um, a very vibrant city, which felt very entrepreneurial. And um, there's a lot of place making projects going on and um, a lot of cafes and very quite hipster in some parts, but very laid back and relaxed in others so we will hear more about the the advantages or, or the, the strengths of Auckland later on in this podcast episode for which I caught up with Shelley Watson she's the head of marketing and Claire Barker who's the brand manager both of Auckland Unlimited so the organization in charge of Auckland um, city branding a couple of weeks ago, we published an interview with both of them on placebrandobserver.com in which they explain very detailed um, how they approach city branding, uh, what, what they did, uh, how they involved the stakeholders, how they communicate internally and externally. If you get to read one city branding case study this year, I, I recommend you to check out this one because it is really detailed and I think the answers are really good, really useful for for anyone in charge of developing or managing um, the brand of a city or country or region. We have um, a 13-hour time difference between uh, Zurich and Auckland right now, so uh, we agreed for them to record their answers to my questions. So I will just I will just introduce the the questions. Florian and Place Brand Observer listeners from Tamaki Makoto, Auckland. It's delightful to be talking to you. Claire and I are really looking forward to the interview. Kia ora, Florian and everyone. It's great to be talking to you. So imagine you meet a group of investors or entrepreneurs at a conference. Uh, who have never heard about or visited Auckland, um, but are very interested, how would you introduce your city or, or how would you describe it to them? So, as you can imagine, we're very passionate about Tamaki Makoto Auckland and believe it has a lot to offer investors and entrepreneurs. There is a lot of existing amenity and a really vibrant culture, good university scene, uh, pumping out fabulous talent and being so multicultural there is no shortage of multilingual talent to help manage offshore relationships etc. We're known as being a place for being easy to do business and being very innovative and collaborative so from my perspective a wonderful environment for investors and entrepreneurs. 
Yeah, absolutely, I'd agree. I mean, Auckland is New Zealand city. We're a metropolis with everything that a major international city has to offer. So, you know, a fantastic foodie scene, theatre, the arts, nightlife, culture. And we've got all this set in beautiful natural surroundings. So certainly don't think we need to sell the lifestyle because it's here in spades. Um, we've got great universities, um, polytechnics and vocational schools. So we've got a really great talent pipeline across all of the major sectors. And over 170 R&D institutes operate here. So Auckland has New Zealand's highest number of serial entrepreneurs. Auckland's really important to the New Zealand's economy and the city's home to over a third of New Zealand's population and generates nearly 40% of our GDP. All very good points, Claire, and we have a lot of helpful trade agreements as well. So there's a closer economic relations agreement with Australia, who's one of our largest trading partners, and it means we effectively operate as a single economic market. We also have agreements with Hong Kong, China, Malaysia, Thailand, Korea, Singapore, etc., which they help with streamlining processes, reducing costs, certainty and security for Auckland companies doing business with these other markets. Another helpful agreement is the Digital Economy Partnership Agreement between New Zealand, Chile and Singapore, which is particularly useful for tech companies. All of these help us be really competitive in Asia-Pacific markets. The physical proximity to these markets and overlapping time zones are other useful things. I'm not the investment specialist expert at Auckland Unlimited, but we do have a team of investment specialists and anyone who's looking to invest in Auckland or start a business here, I'd highly recommend you going to aucklandnz.com forward slash invest and you'll find the contact details there for our investment specialists who can help you with live investment opportunities or working your way through um, getting here, uh, the legals, regulations, tax, IP, etc. So by all means, please reach out to them and uh, let, let them give you a hand to um, get your business going or uh, find an investment opportunity for you. AucklandNZ.com forward slash invest. There's certainly the experts. Um, I guess as an Aucklander born and bred, who's worked here most of my life, I'd have to say for, you can't reiterate enough the attractiveness of the Auckland lifestyle. It's really the people who live here and that's, I think, what people who move here, invest here, do business here, really appreciate is the open-minded, friendly, innovative attitude of its residents. It's so true, Claire. And we talk about balance quite a lot, both from a Tao Māori or Māori uh, worldview perspective and also simply because we are a really thriving urban metropolis set in amongst four beautiful harbours with, I think it's over 50 monga or volcanoes, dormant I might add, um, and lots of green space, etc. So a beautiful lifestyle. And I think that balance between nature and urban actually helps with creativity and innovation. And I echo the piece about people, and there's a wonderful Māori proverb that asks what the most important thing is in the world, and the little proverb goes, he tangata, he tangata, he tangata, it is people, it is people, it is people. In the interview um, with you that we published on placebrandobserver.com, you describe how your organization approaches city branding 
and very successfully judging by the award which you received last November at the City Nation Place Forum. Um, so my question for you would be how does it feel to receive such recognition as a city brander and uh, which part of this long process did you personally find the most exciting? As you can imagine, we were thrilled to be recognised as Place Brand of the Year. It is a real accolade. We believe that in our place branding journey, we've always looked to excellent sources of information to guide us, including yourselves, the Place Brand Observer, City Nation Place, and worked with amazing agency partners, and in our case, Destination Think, who have really guided us through our place branding journey. So it was a tremendous honour to be recognised by our peers and we're you know, really delighted to leverage and build on that work and to be recognised by people who really understand the discipline of place branding, which um, is quite a big field in itself. We couldn't be prouder. Absolutely, just really couldn't be prouder. It was a, a real highlight. Um, we're an excellent company with the finalists and you know that made us even more proud. The adjudicators are really enormously respected in the industry so it was a huge honour and we're really pleased on behalf of the Auckland Unlimited team and on behalf of Auckland. You know something that I found most personally rewarding throughout this long journey as you pointed out is that we did manage to get a high level of engagement from our residents, our Māori community, businesses and that when people see the work, which is available on our website, aucklandnz.com forward slash brand, and they watch the video that summarises our place DNA, our brand statement, they really get the tingles. And universally, people respond really positively to it because it feels like their place, like their city, the city they know and love. So that's hugely rewarding and quite emotional actually, like I had to, I read the place spray and DNA quite a number of times before we actually turned it into a video and it always got me a bit choked up. Uh, there's one other thing I just want to mention here too actually, as a, uh, someone that's been in brand and marketing my entire career, when we got the four themes that uh, like the brand values or the content pillars for our brand and I could easily start seeing how we could anchor all of our work and all of our content back to these four themes. It just felt hugely empowering as a marketer to know what a strong unifier that would be for all of our work going forward for many years. Um, another pride moment that stuck out for me was when we went into our first COVID-19 lockdown. So our organisation was absolutely necessarily focused on immediate recovery plans for Auckland businesses. Um, but we, as the brand team, were encouraged to keep working on the place brand. Our leadership team, who have always been incredibly supportive, recognised that the brand was fundamental to recovery. And that was a really great moment, um, that in this really challenging time, it was hugely validating that our leadership team really understood that we needed to keep going with this work to get us ready for the future and get us ready for when the world opens up again. Um, also have to say that winning the Place Brand of the Year award was an extraordinarily special moment as well. One of the things which you shared in the interview that I found most remarkable um, is the video which you created for uh, internal audiences and stakeholders on what city branding is and, and what it isn't. I sometimes still sense confusion around the term uh, would you like to briefly tell us how you explained it in the video? 
first of all, I'd like to give Claire enormous credit for that video. Claire has a television oh, production. <laughs> Claire has a television production background and is a great story writer as well. So uh, there were two or three things that went into that video that were really key to making it a success. One was the strong destination think process that we went through. So we wanted to explain that to people so they knew how robust it was. Secondly, um, Claire and the team had gone out and done some wonderful video and photography to put into our brand library that was on the themes of the brand. So we had wonderful content to actually stitch together into a wonderful video. So any of the background work, you, background footage you see in that video is from those shoots. And then lastly, as I, I mentioned, Claire very skilled at good production, good storytelling. So, um, yeah, just wanted to say that. Oh, thanks, Charlotte. It was definitely a team <laughs> effort. And I have to say, we were very lucky to have done a fantastic shoot just before COVID and lockdown. So that was a bit of serendipity for us. It's true. So I agree with you that there is quite a bit of confusion about, about what place branding is, both for countries and for cities. And quite easily people can get wrapped up in thinking about logo and imagery and not really understanding the brand and that's what I quite like about our work that our brand is these four themes and it's not really about a logo at all. Um, it can be a difficult concept but it's very thrilling I think once you get involved in the work which I hope many of your listeners are it's a very rewarding area to be involved in um, because cities there's so much going on in cities so there's so many different dimensions and how do we make sure that we stand out and are true to our un unique DNA. We felt like doing a video, particularly at the time we did it, just as we were sort of going into... We did it in lockdown, didn't we? We we started it just before and mm. finished coming out. Mm. We knew that we wanted a resource available, an online resource available to people so that they could self-help, uh, particularly because we would normally be introducing them to this work in face-to-face -face workshops, which weren't possible because of the pandemic. So we knew we needed this tool to help get the message out far and wide and to help businesses self-learn about how to integrate the brand of Auckland into their own marketing. A couple other little things, we, through this whole process, we really learnt that the brand belongs to the people of the city, to the businesses of the city. So getting their buy-in and making sure that they've got the tools to be able to bring the brand to life was essential. Um, we are just the kaitiaki, which in te reo Māori loosely translates to being the champions or the custodians of the Auckland Place brand. So that's how we view our role. We provide the tools, the resources to help others speak with one voice about Tamaki Makaurau Auckland. Um, the video really is about the how, so how we did it, um, the what, so the outcomes, and then most importantly the why, so it steps um, watches through in a really easily digestible format I'd, I'd like to think um, through our research process which started with our residents so just really quickly huge amounts of engagement with residents with workshops um, and quant surveys um, to really understand what it is it that makes Auckland Auckland from the point of view of its residents um, we then looked outside in what does the world think of Auckland? And that was um, a two-year data scrape of the internet, sentiment analysis, which um, gave us a whole lot of data, as well as a quant study. So really robust research into what the world thinks of Auckland. 
the last piece of the puzzle was what are we telling the world about Auckland? So we put ourselves under the microscope or other key Auckland organisations and businesses, etc., and and just looked through all our social media, what are we telling the world about Auckland? And it was really interesting. Um, all that work um, was synthesised to reveal our place DNA, so honestly 200 plus slides of research that you can find on the brand home that um, Shelley mentioned earlier. It revealed our place DNA, which um, was super authentic, and I think that's why we get that emotional research, we, sorry, emotional response we referred to early, because it really rings true for Aucklanders. What it revealed about Auckland was that we have a very strong rational appeal. So people know that we're safe and that we're not corrupt, etc. We think that Brand New Zealand's probably done a great job on that, but Brand Auckland doesn't really resonate as well, and we're reasonably low in our emotional appeal, and that's super important because we know that having that emotional connection is what makes people want to move to a place, live, invest, you know, send their children to study at university, etc. So we know we need to dial up our emotional appeal. Um, and the way that we do that is through the power of storytelling, as you and your listeners will no doubt know. So our research revealed there were five rational dimensions of Auckland that um, summed up what made us unique in the world and unique to the rest of the news of unique in the rest of New Zealand, and they were our economy, um, our multicultural population, um, the fact that we're a city, that we're New Zealand's biggest city, our Maori dimension, which is hugely important to us and the fact that we are the economy of Auckland. Did I say economy, Shelley? Nature. Nature. Oh, how could I forget <laughs> <laughs> that we are really a set in such spectacular um, surroundings. We've got four harbours and beautiful maunga mountains. Um, yeah, it's just a great place to live. So, um, Anyway, those five rational dimensions turned into four brand themes that Shelley was referring to earlier. Our urban oasis, so the fact that we are this city set in spectacular surroundings. Collective worlds, talks to our multicultural population. You know, one in four Aucklanders wasn't born here. Playground for ideas, which talks to our business, our economy, our entrepreneurial streak, our youthful energy. It's a great place to innovate here and get things done. And lastly, place of mana, which is hugely important to us. And um, over lockdown, we saw this really come to life, didn't we? That's right. Over lockdown, we again, we had that lovely, beautiful video footage in the bank, in the brand library. And our tourism team, who are a really creative team with um, some amazing Māori wahine, Māori woman in in the team. And they pulled together and wrote a script and you, for a beautiful video called Papatuanuku, which is Earth Mother is Breathing. And that video um, just went crazy. Like it's our most engaged with piece of content. And it shows all the beautiful natural landscape and that the Papatuanuku, the Earth Mother, is sleeping and waiting to welcome everybody back when the time is right. And the soundtrack, um, the audio, the oration is all done by a beautiful young Māori woman. And there are sounds in there that are Auckland-specific sounds and Māori instrument sounds, etc. So it's quite haunting, it's quite beautiful, 
and it basically respects the whenua, which is the land, and says that you know the land or Papatunuku is having a rest while this pandemic washes through, and that she will come back and welcome us all in due course. So that was hugely, hugely rewarding to see that the team was so um, so deeply understood the brand that they were, be, were able to use the footage that we've shot to really create this story that talked to two of our themes really well. So as Shelley said, talked to the place of mana theme, our Māori identity, that we've got a modern Māori identity that Indigenous culture is woven into everything we do. It's, it's not just a museum piece, it's, it's super important to us. Um, and also talk to our urban oasis theme, so the fact that we're the city in nature. Um, so we're really happy about that, and, and particularly because our research identified that we had two big narrative gaps. The world doesn't know particularly that Auckland is a city. They don't know that we're this metropolis, and as you know, city experience is really important, particularly for people wanting to invest and do business. and and just know that they have that city experience and while they still of course value the natural beauty etc that we offer that New Zealand is renowned for um, and the other thing they didn't know about us is the world doesn't typically know about us is that our indigenous culture is really woven into everything we do Maori culture is absolutely respected we have a treaty um, with our Maori population you know we all live and work together and and try and really respect Maori culture and Maori values and indigenous thinking such as looking after the land kaitiakitanga whanaunatanga manakitanga which is welcoming people all those values are hugely important to what we do so two narrative gaps that we think that that piece of video helped to close in some way. I think it definitely did and hats off to the the tourism team. Mm. The last thing I wanted to say about the video is that Particularly when we were in lockdown and we knew that a strong place brand could help the city recover faster and the fact that we wanted businesses to be able to self-serve and, and you know, weave the brand into their own communications. We were very interested in conveying what's actually in it for them to participate in a city brand because I think it's quite a difficult concept to get. I think organisations, um, places, brands are largely built online so if we're all saying different things about the city, it, we're not conveying a consistent voice. So really what we were, tr we're trying to convey to people is if we all convey a consistent voice about Tamaki Makoto Auckland, we'll actually stand for something on the international stage and that will build trust in our city, equity in the brand, a vibrant, resilient Auckland, pride in the city, economies of scale, a consistent online reputation, all of which help build a stronger GDP economy and job market. So it's definitely a case of all tides float all boats and if we all work together on this, we're gonna get better outcomes, including attracting good investment, great talent, great students, great suppliers, uh, team together and we'll get a better outcome than flying solo. Yeah, totally, and hopefully we'll attract people who value the things that are important to us because by being really just clear about what it is that makes us special, we hope that people who join us um, will value those things too. Are there any do's or don'ts which you'd like to share with other city brand managers based on your experience of developing the, the brand Auckland strategy?
definite do is to engage with all your stakeholders and every place marketing person out there will know that there are a lot of stakeholders and so in our instance our Māori community was hugely important, the Auckland Council whānau family who are basically our funders and we set up a marketing advisory group which was hugely helpful as well so we in a stakeholder plan to keep them all engaged along the journey. I think the other thing in hindsight is when we started on this process I didn't realise how lengthy it may be and I think it's important to set expectations up front that it does take time, it's important to take the time and bring everybody on the journey and that even when you have uncovered what your brand DNA is, that it takes years and, and you know like 5 to 20 when you look at some other countries around and cities around the world to actually make the changes you want to make to really be true to your brand. So I think continuing to set the expectations that this is not a one minute wonder and a multi-year journey is important and it's helpful that those that you need to support you understand that. Um, we also definitely kept abreast with best practice um, organisations such as yourselves, City Nation Place and Destination Think are also thought leaders in this space, um, have been really helpful for ideas and inspiration. Auckland Unlimited, um, your organisation, recently released its first climate change and sustainability report. Why does Auckland put so much focus on being a resilient and regenerative economy in its brand communications? We've got an amazing climate change and sustainability team here, as does the council and our central government's also really focused on it as well. So from a brand point of view, many of your listeners will be aware of Simon Annalt's work around policy-aligned symbolic action. And so we feel quite strongly from a brand point of view that there are policies in place, both central and local government policies, about reduction of emissions and managing um, climate change that we definitely think are part of the brand of Auckland. And also our Place of Mana brand theme, which is all about our um, te ao Māori, the, the Māori worldview. Māori believe in, in think intergenerationally and they really have a ton of respect for the whenua, the land, the um, awa, the rivers, the mountains, etc. So uh, sustainability and climate change from both a policy perspective and from a place of mana or brand theme perspective is something we really want to lean into. And it's vitally important actually to, to you know, the, the long-term sustainability of our economy and the happiness of our people. As well as the um, place of mana brand theme that you talked about, Shell, the um, urban oasis brand theme also helps us talk about sustainability. Um, you know, we're the New Zealand's largest city, set amongst these spectacular natural surroundings, and obviously if we don't look after our precious environment, um, we're jeopardising the very thing that makes us special. Um, the indigenous Māori value of kaitiakitanga is a New Zealand Māori term for the concept of guardianship, um, looking after our environment, the sky, the sea and the land. So of course the coronavirus pandemic is a topic that we, we can't get around. How have you responded? 
think like everybody else in the world, COVID-19 has been a huge challenge. And after the first, or well, during the first lockdown, actually our number one priority was thinking about Aucklanders and how they were being impacted and local businesses because we provide services to local businesses. And we are an agency of central government providing capability grants. So for example, for digital competency or cash flow management or, or governance management. And the government put extra money into quite a millions more into supporting local businesses and we were releasing those funds to them based on assessments and it meant that quite a good proportion of our team was reorientated from roles that were um, say in the events area that weren't able to go ahead into being on the frontline calls helping local businesses get access to um, central government funding to support them through the pandemic. So quite a big shift from the organisation to make sure that local business was looked after. We have a billion dollar screen production industry in Auckland. It's a really important industry to us. It's hugely creative uh, and there's all sorts of wonderful time zone advantages having um, on the ground creative and pre-prod and post-prod here that um, can be worked on during our daylight hours and sent up to North America so that they can then look at stuff in their daylight hours before a film crew, crew says pulls out of a location. So there's quite a lot of economies of scale to, to be had by working the different time zones. So anyway, um, some of the stuff had to stop initially and then our screen team were instrumental with others in the industry at setting up health and safety protocols that allowed the work to recommence in the screen sector and three major international productions based here in Tamaki Makaurau, Auckland were able to progress and those were the Amazon Studios series based on Lord of the Rings, Netflix's Cowboy Bebop and Hasbro's Power Rangers. So um, those productions are carrying on which is fantastic um, and we've been able to work through border restriction and international insurance requirements with those productions. The pipeline for international inquiries for film is good and there are a lot of promising discussions and I think uh, Tamaki Makoto Auckland is in a strong position to benefit from our relative success at managing um, COVID-19 and enabling other productions to get going in Auckland. There's one other thing that um, I think we've we've done really well following the pandemic is we got a, a, did a big conference with central government, key business and economic thought leaders and that, that event was called Auckland's Future Now. We ran it last August and we're about to, in May, do a second iteration of that conference and the, these thinkers have got together and thought through things like local business being a priority last year, reorientating um, tourism attraction toward domestic and national markets rather than international because the borders being closed and we're, we're just about to um, change into a, a, um, attracting Australians here and vice versa because our travel bubble is opening between Australia and New Zealand later in April. So I'm looking forward to what um, priority things that group of people um, agree on at the next Auckland's Future Now. Another post-pandemic or during pandemic success that I think it's worth mentioning is the ability to run the 36th America's Cup. It would have to be one of the very few global sporting events that has been able to 
occur started in 2020 and ran over into 2021 and with a fabulous outcome for New Zealand with Emirates Team New Zealand winning against Prada Luna Rossa uh, and fabulous to have the American team and the English team here as well and that a 37th America's Cup is going to happen. So uh, that was a huge success for Auckland and New Zealand in a year where the majority of the world was shut down and unable to operate and it gave us an opportunity through wonderful footage of Tamaki Makoro and our beautiful Waitemata Harbour and the Rangatoto Monga, which is a mountain, to showcase what a beautiful urban oasis we are and also to get interest and eyes on the, the city and trigger investment and screen and other business investment opportunities so super excited that that did happen and that we were successful in the 36th America's Cup. The other little change that has occurred around um, the investment space is a move toward digital showcasing of facilities and land and buildings etc rather than face-to-face site visits. So it's a small technical shift, um, but has it allowed certain deals to continue to progress. So they're probably the top things that we'd like to mention about our pandemic response. And uh, from your experience, what is the best way to measure the success of city branding initiatives? Because this is always a question that comes up in my interviews or also in conversations with city um, brand managers. So uh, what's your take on this? We have a tourism sentiment index, which we signed up for with Destination Think, and it's a live monitor and it's based on publicly available online data and we're still learning how to get the most out of that and there are a few other destinations who are also signed up to it so um, we have some work ahead of us to learn from how they're working with that monitor. It's currently the way we're measuring our brand, there's two ways. One, we look at um, downloads of Hey Arutohu Tamaki Makoro, which is the Auckland Playbook, the brand guidelines how many people play the various educational videos or download the assets from the brand library. So it's pretty tactical, uh, but it's one way we're starting to measure whether other businesses and organisations around Auckland are starting to use the materials that we've provided open source to them to tell the story of Auckland in their own marketing. There are also measures that Auckland Council, who is our parent organisation, have in place uh, to measure brand attribution, they're not as tightly aligned as we'd like to the four brand themes and we've got a current piece of work ongoing with them at the moment to revise the Auckland Council Group brand strategy and measurement that will go to councillors over the next few months. So very much a live issue for us, incredibly important. A brief we put in only yesterday, we were definitely noticing that it would be nicer to have stronger brand measurement available to measure the success of brand campaigns. And finally, which other cities would you consider good examples to follow for their maybe especially innovative or and successful approach to city branding? Who who do you look um, to for inspiration? 
The place branding community globally is extremely innovative and City Nation Place does a great job of compiling some of the best campaigns in the world. We've been inspired by campaigns such as Winterfin from Finland, Faroe Islands Closed for Renovations, Costa Rica, Helsinki, Oslo, Glasgow, New York, their brand work all springs to mind as being excellent. And we've also got some great work being done at home. Um, we're really fortunate to have a great nation branding organisation in Tourism New Zealand, a great export branding entity in New Zealand Story. And, you know, the place brand observer, Florian, is always a great source of information along with city, nation place and destination think. So we're really lucky. We don't have to look far to get extremely inspired. Kia ora, Florian, and thank you to you and all of your listeners. It's been wonderful to do this podcast with you. And Matiwa, we'll see you later. Namihi nui kia Florian. Thank you so much, Florian, and thank you to all the listeners. It's been great to share our Auckland story with you. Ka kite. Well, a big thank you to you, um, Shelley and uh, Claire, for sharing your experience and your insights into how, how you approach city branding in Auckland, New Zealand. And thank you for listening to Place Brand Leaders and the podcast of the Place Brand Observer. I'm Florian Kafer, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you'd like to get the most of the Place Brand Observer, um, we have a premium area on the website to which you can subscribe so you get full access to all our insights and case studies and a lot of useful resources to help you with your Place Branding work. And um, if you represent a location, a city, region or country and would like your story to appear on the podcast or to be published on placebrandobserver.com, then please get in touch.